Hi everyone, and welcome to the 209th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. What's up, man? Not much, just, uh, exhausted. Let me tell you, I'm with you. <laughs> it's just the holiday so- season, so basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's gotta be a lot of customers coming in. So, uh, yeah, anyway... For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And we have a two-segment show today. Cheryl, if you can believe it, there is news on this episode. Well, of course. I mean, news is slowly trickling in after the release of Melody of Memory a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's also, it contains a nugget of news that we like to call (laughs) anti-news. So, uh, it's not the greatest of news bits, but hey. But hey, it's something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, you know what, I prefer having anti-news and... Knowing that we're not going to get something, as opposed to waiting and waiting and waiting, and then oh, you know, new new uh, game events coming around. Oh, E3 is coming. I wonder if Kingdom Hearts is going to be there, and then it's not there. I rather would know up front to just have them tell us, like, all right, look, it's not going to be here. Give us time. These things take time. I'd rather that than have it just be sort of like vague and. At least we've got that much. And, uh, oh yeah, also, uh, during the uh, during that news segment, we'll, we'll also get to what Churro thought about Melody of Memory. Churro, you played Melody of Memory, right? Yeah, I played through it. Just All once, right. though. <laughs> yeah, same. So, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to talk about that. And then, the second segment, we will have a spoiler cast, again, for Melody of Memory. Yay! So, uh, basically, this time, I, I just want to really talk to Churro and see what he thinks about all the crazy stuff that happened in the ending and what he thinks about going forward. Uh, I'm super interested in what you got to say, because to be honest, like, for me, I, I don't know about you, for Chur- Churro, but I haven't talked to any other fans. So, I literally don't know what anyone else is thinking about this stuff. I saw this in a vacuum by myself. So... I'm very interested to hear what you say and just like generally what you think other people are feeling. So, uh, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. In the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahiko Blawi, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, Thorin Bullen, who's at, oh, uh, Chris Pope is at Dr. Pope181, by the way, and uh, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, and Churro, if you take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bayali, Flipsard Nuss, Lewis James. Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Zach Duranto, Yam Potato exclamation point. Rachel Casterston at Uber Noon Ray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. And Joseph Robertson is at Pokemon Trainer J. 
and be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So I will just say real quick, I'm sorry we haven't had a question segment for the past episode and then this episode as well. The question segment will be back next episode, and uh, it might be back with a vengeance, because if we're in a situation where there's literally no news no more, um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to yeah. need the questions. So uh, no worries. We're going to get to lots of questions. I saw some really great ones and uh, some longer ones that, you know, uh, it's very possible that next episode might just be a question special. So definitely if you got anything send our send it our way and we'll uh we'll address it and uh yeah and uh lastly uh just so you know spoilers up until and through kingdom hearts 3 remind our fair game which means at any point during the podcast we can bring up any spoilers from any kingdom hearts game up until the ending of kingdom hearts 3 remind that does not include melody of memory yet but current game plan is next podcast episode melody of memory spoilers will become fair game for the time being for this episode they're not fair game if we're going to spoil anything we'll let you know current game plan is we will not spoil anything whatsoever for melody of memory until the second segment which is the spoiler cast during our news segment and during the uh, uh, part of the re- uh, Churro's review where we, we talked to him uh, about how he thought about the game, this will be a non-spoiler section. We'll have the spoiler cast in the second segment, so I hope you'll uh, stick, stick, stay tuned for that if you have already played through the whole game. All right, so moving on to the news. So, Churro. What's up? You know... In the Kingdom Hearts community, we're famous for love and interviews. Yes. And those are. interviews tend to come a lot a lot of the times, more, more than not, from a certain Japanese magazine that starts with an F, which is Femitsu. But every now and again, Dengeki comes around and knocks on Tetsuya Nomura's door. And then... Tetsuya Nomura actually lets him in and (laughs) lets them interview him for once and not Famitsu. But this time, this Dengeki interview, I gotta say, it hits different. I know that's that's what the kids are saying these days. It hits different. And I'll tell you why it hits different for me. I don't know if you got this vibe, Churro, but when I was hearing these questions... I'm not going to say they were like a lot of hard-hitting questions. They're not hard-hitting, but they're the kind of questions, like some of these questions in here almost feel like the kinds of questions we would ask. Like personally, us too. Like the kinds of like off-the-wall questions that are like kind of like you would really need to know about the series to know that that's a thing that we don't know fully about yet to ask that question. It's not like something that would compromise like a future game, which is what some people try to go for. And that always gets met with no answer. But it's the kind of stuff that is like in really inside stuff that they just couldn't talk about at the time that is so old that it doesn't matter anymore. And I love those kinds of questions. Those are like my favorite. So we got a lot of stuff that uh, we we can uh, bounce off of on here. So, um, 
So yeah, the first part of the interview basically describes uh, uh, stuff about Melody of Memory and its objective as a rhythm game, and it's kind of like what we heard about in on a prior uh, episode of Kingdom Hearts Union, where they were saying basically that um, uh, Indie Zero approached Square Enix and was like, "Hey, we're thinking about you know we want to pitch to you the possibility of doing." Uh, Kingdom Hearts Theat Rhythm. What do you think? You know, kind of like Final Fantasy. And basically the same thing as what uh, was said on the prior episode. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura basically just said like, oh yeah, that's that's cool, but I would rather it not be, you know, a copy of what uh, uh, Theat Rhythm was doing where it was, you know, the 2D side-scrolling stuff. Instead of that, I want it to fit more in with the style of, you know, the 3D action style of what Kingdom Hearts is like. So it needs to feel more like that. And uh, he was, yeah, he basically described that because they decided to go for that direction, it was a lot more challenging and a lot more, you know, it took a lot more trial and error to get to uh, where we're at with the final release of Melody of Memory, which, yeah, that's, uh, when you... Uh, I'll just say, like, hearing that, even though we've heard it before, but hearing it from uh, Tetsuya Nomura himself, it definitely paints a better image or a better picture, a a clearer picture of what Melody of Memory is and what it's supposed to be. And it helps me understand what kind of game it is better than I did prior. Because uh, I think for a lot of people, they see the trailers and they may, you know, see elements of the trailers that sort of make you assume that it's more like a typical Kingdom Hearts game than not. When in reality, this is more like a fiat rhythm game than it is a Kingdom Hearts game in terms of like structure, we'll say. It's pretty much a 3D, fiat rhythm game. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I would agree with you. So, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely get more into that when we get into the review section and hear what Churro had to say about the game. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I really appreciated hearing that. It, like, it, it was nice to get that kind of clarification. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the uh, that that's pretty much the main stuff. Other than that, it seems like. On the whole, Nomura was taking more of a, a hands-off approach with uh, Melody of Memory in terms of the development. Like, you know, the, the man has so many games that he works on, so totally understand. And the, he sort of left uh, it up to Indie Zero. And since most of the game, like, is a summary of the Kingdom Hearts series, then that's not too surprising that they could sort of work at it, you know, in a more off-hands capacity uh so yeah moving on from there uh looking ahead to into the future of the series so this part of the interview is where things get spicy churro i like a lot of the questions in here because like i said there's a couple in here specifically that i'm like did they like read our minds and ask a question that we've always want to ask yeah that's great so uh so yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. So the interviewer starts off and is basically like, "So you know, you you, you just wrapped up the the Seeker of Darkness saga. You know, the Xehanort saga is over, and now you're gonna have to you know start working on a new saga. But you know, there's still a lot of like mystery wrapped up and like uh, 
and and yeah, basically, you know, they kind of wonder like, okay, so you know, you got all these games and you got all these mysteries, and you know, what are you going to do with them going forward? And basically, Tetsuya Nomura goes on to say that um, uh, he wants to change the story drastically, specifically the structure of the story and how it how a normal king uh, from how a normal kingdom hearts game is structured so that he can tackle all the different uh plot threads that he wants to tackle in the plot and i don't know about you Chiro, but me hearing that is just like my head like spins 180 like what really because we've been waiting for like a real big shake-up for for the Kingdom Hearts formula for a long time. Like Kingdom Hearts has definitely followed a very specific route for a long time in terms of how it structures its games with all the, you know, the different worlds and and, and you know, you know, there's certain aspects of the Kingdom Hearts structure that are very, you know, typical um I wonder though that there's one part of the Kingdom Hearts structure, and I think we'll talk about it more in the review. But it's just very obvious in this particular game that you know, Melody of Memory. But one thing that we have brought up in the past is the pacing of Kingdom Hearts games and how they tend to be very back heavy. You know how you know there'll be stuff that happens throughout the game, but when you want to get to the real part of the story it's like usually in like the back 20 percent of the game that's usually when the real story starts happening and most kingdom hearts games usually follow that all the way back to kingdom hearts one and hollow bastion kingdom hearts one you know tries to pace it a a lot better in the sense of like having interesting story beats that happen throughout and like trying to make They'll, they'll, they'll drop like little hints here and there, you know, cause, yeah. you know, especially with, you know, the Jungle Book with with Kyrie and then the, the slideshow and then like, you know, yep. as they progress on, then you got, you know, Riku appearing and Monstro to Tonsora, then, yep. then, then basically once you get to Neverland, that's when it starts picking up from there. Exactly, exactly. And in Kingdom Hearts 2, there, there was a little bit of like, there was a little bit of stuff throughout, but not as integrated into the Disney worlds. There would be like stuff here and there, like you'd have to randomly like go back to Hollow Bastion, or you'd have to randomly go to Disney Castle, and like there would be like plot progression there. And yeah, there was always something going on, but it was a lot more in the typical style of yeah, let's wait till the world and uh, the world that never was and <laughs> drop the the theoretical bombs there so yeah i wonder though churro do you think when they're talking about structure here what do you think they're referring to do you think it relates to mostly like what i was talking about before like with the worlds and how that usually gets structured out and how you travel to different worlds and maybe that's what they mean or do you think that it could go as deep as stuff like the pacing as well what do you what do you get out of this particular response from Nomura? Well, from the pacing, because one of the biggest complaints about Kingdom Hearts three was that majority of the times the worlds didn't really do much for mm-hmm. the plot. Like, I mean, for example, like you would have you know Jung Zaynor pop in 
you know, toy box in order to figure, in order to realize that, you know, even empty shells can grow hearts. Even though we yeah. knew about that since you know, during our distance. You know, so and then all of a sudden you have you know Larsine popping in for no reason, <laughs> with uh with Anna and Elsa and you know you 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 know she pretty much re- reveals that they're the new princesses of light, but then at the end of the day, they don't do much with them. So it's like, and then everything happens towards like the late end part of the game, you know, with rescuing Aqua, then Ventus, and then. And then everyone gathering the night the the day before they've set mm-hmm. out to keep my graveyard, and then all of a sudden everything just drops a big bombshell. It's like the pacing needs to be a lot better than that. So I'm hoping that he's mentioning like the the overall flow of the games. In yeah, the future. I, I think also uh, you know speaking on that uh, you know pacing wise for Kingdom Hearts three, you know I think we brought it up in the past, like the fact that. Uh, you don't fight any of the organization members until the final area. You know, it's the the organi- the organization members are present, but you never have any battles with them at all throughout the, the the worlds as you're going through them. Whereas in the past, you know, in Kingdom Hearts two, you know, you would have things like you know you'd fight Demix, you'd fight Luxor, or Luxor would have kind of a little, you know, he he would say. He would send Heartless to attack you, or not Heartless, but nobody's. I guess that's kind of similar to Kingdom Hearts 3, but you fought Demix. You at least fought Demix. Fought yeah. Axel. You know, there there were some battles here and there throughout the, you know, the the runtime of the game. So, I, I, I yeah, I wonder, yeah, I, I kind of feel like maybe that might be a little bit more granular than this question is going. I, I wonder, though, like, Kingdom Hearts always had this whole idea of like, okay, you can go to many worlds. I don't see that changing. No, it's not going to change. It's, no, that's what that's what makes it so you know captivating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I guess we'll get into it more later in this podcast, but yeah, based on what we've seen from Melody of Memory, that the aspect of going to other worlds definitely does not seem like it will be a foreign concept in the future. Um, But yeah, I do wonder exactly like what aspects of the structure is he referring to? I mean, we talked about in the past, you know, through questions and theorizing and other things in the podcast, like what if one day, you know, a kingdom hearts game comes out and maybe you do travel to another world, but instead of going to many Disney worlds, you know, you're all, maybe you only go to one, one Disney world. Or maybe it's only one original Kingdom Hearts world, and maybe there's Disney characters that live there. And, you know, maybe, you know, there, there's all these different ways you could take it. Um, I, I mean, another possibility is what if uh, you had a large world where the structure of the adventure was more like a Final Fantasy, where it's like more of like a pilgrimage, like a road trip, and you have a big world, maybe even an open world, and you can go from town to town, and you progress through the world, and you go on an adventure through one large world, uh, almost like, you know, we heard in the past you know, through Kyrie's grandmother's story that, uh, you know, the worlds used to be one. Like, what if 
you know, uh, based off of, and I'm, I'm only talking stuff that we've seen from Kingdom Hearts 3, but, you know, the fact that there's this other world that uh, Sora ends up in at the in the secret ending, what if that other world, maybe there are other towns out there, and maybe it is one just giant connected world, and somehow you can explore a lot of stuff. Like, who knows? Like, there's there's a lot of options that they could go that's in a different direction. I I guess that my my main thing that I'm trying to get here is like I know that we'll we'll definitely go to other worlds. Most definitely. But I definitely feel like the current structure of them being like these little vignettes of the movies. I wonder if that might go away. I wonder if it might take more of a route where they're able to explore, you know, almost like how Traverse Town was. How there were Disney characters there, they lived in, in that world, or, or, or almost like Disney Castle, where there's Disney characters in the world, but it's its own kind of unique world. And maybe in some ways it takes cues from Disney like movies or properties, like how the Steamboat Willie world was, but for the most part, maybe it's more original. I don't know. Maybe I kind of wonder about that. Maybe that was something like similar to Game Central Station from uh, Rick and Ralph. Yeah. You know what kind of reminds me of that is, um, uh, whatchamacallit, remember in uh, Dream Drop Distance, there was the uh, Musketeers world. Like, that world almost felt like it was like a prequel or like some in-between story between the, the events of Steamboat Willie and the events, you know, that led up to making, you know, Disney Town and Disney Castle and all that. Like, I wonder, like, what if there was, like, a game where we got, like, a big adventure that was in, you know, the Disney Castle world and maybe, like, we could fully explore that, you know, planet and maybe there's just a whole adventure there and it's just based off of the main Disney characters, Donald, Goofy, and, you know, all those other ones that nobody knows the names of. Like right. Henrietta the Cow. <laughs> I did not Henri- know that. Henrietta the Cow, the boss fight. I did not know the name of that cow, to be honest. Right. I mean, hey, it, there's a lot of people that have been asking for Oswald the Rabbit. That would be the place to have Oswald. Oh, yeah. So. I I think so too. Yeah. So I I don't know, but I I'm very intrigued by this statement. Like at the very least, Char, are you excited by the idea that, regardless of whatever Nomura means, are you at least excited that he's interested in changing up the formula? Oh yeah. I mean, he's always been. I mean, even, yeah. Even to something as, you know, as uh, the the gameplay. You know, he's yep. always evolving it. So. You know, it's. I was I welcome any changes that he wants to make for it. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think just in general, like you know, it, it's it's such a long running series. It's always nice uh, when a long running series can you know try new things. And you know, as the interviewer puts it, you know, this is the end of one saga, so this is the perfect time to make those kinds of changes. 
so yeah, other than that, uh, let's see what else was uh, interesting in the interview. Oh, so this is kind of a, a weird one. So talking about uh, Dark Road and um, uh, the interviewer basically is asking like, so since you're making Dark Road, right? Like, does that mean Xehanort's going to be like playing a major role in the future of the series? Because, like, I thought this was supposed to be the end of Xehanort's story. Like, that's supposed to be the end of it. Like, why why are we making a new game now that uh, delves into his past? And Namora basically says that, um, you know, Dark Road was a project that, you know, wasn't really a consideration for, like, future titles so much. And this is more of like a pet project that the uh, Union Cross team is uh, taking on. And well, yeah, Tetsuya Nomura is writing the the story for it, but it's not necessarily playing a big part into what the future of the series will be. And he says, you know, you shouldn't really expect Xehanort to be like a villain, a main villain or a boss in a future Kingdom Hearts game. And that's actually a very bold statement. I I didn't expect from Nomura, to be honest. Like, especially after, you know, the fact that like part of the epilogue of part of the epilogue of Kingdom Hearts three was devoted to dark road. You thought, you, you know, it almost makes you think like, oh, this is going to, you know, have some relation to the future of the series. And, you know, in addition to that, you also have like w- one of the final areas of Kingdom Hearts 3 and the the area you see right at the beginning, Skalad Kylum. That's the basis of this story. And Skalad Kylum, as far as we know, only really relates to Xehanort. Like that, Xehanort and Ericus. Like, there's no other characters that are like relevant to the modern era of Kingdom Hearts that have any notion of Scala Adkylum. It only involves them. Yet, you know, for Kingdom Hearts three, they make it you know such a big deal out of making this beautiful, like clearly very expensive world to make. They make this amazing area, and then like, oh, it's not necessarily going to be that important for the future. And I'm like, huh, that's, that's actually, well, I, I mean, they didn't go as far as saying Scala and Kylum wouldn't be, but you know, the fact that they're saying Xehanort probably won't be that kind of, I don't know, at least to me, makes me think that would be it, the case. It's basically dark road is basically, um, the star Wars prequels, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's just basically explaining to us why Xehanort turned out the way he did. You yeah, know, and try to plunge the world into darkness by summoning Kingdom Hearts. It's like, you know, we have, you know, we have the, we don't, we never had the, you know, the reason. Yeah, it was curiosity it came to it, but like, now we're slowly getting revealed to, you know, why it was happening, and now we realize, you know, with Remind, you know, it was revealed that the Master of Masters was the one that pretty much influenced Zaynor to go about and do this. You know, and we still don't know why the Master of Masters want the, what really wants this to happen. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, an opportunity for us to see how Xehanort decided to take that Seeker of Darkness road. Yeah. Were you surprised, 
like I was about this <laughs> revelation from Nomura that Dark Road's not as important as, uh, you know, not, other Kingdom Hearts games? Not really. Like, I kind of had a feeling that it wasn't going to be like this because it's mainly just telling Xehanort's story of how he was when he was younger and then how mm-hmm. he came to be. It's like, I didn't think... Because remember, because we all know that his story is done, so basically yeah. this wasn't going to really change the outcome of what happened. It's just going to yeah. explain us in better detail of why, you know, this is happening. Why yeah. it happened. Yeah, it is interesting, though. He does, like, later... Uh clarify that that doesn't necessarily mean that Xehanort's presence might not have some kind of relation to future elements of the series and we'll we'll talk about that more later in the podcast but um I kind of get what he's picking up I'm kind of picking up what he's putting down there and we can talk about that more later but um I would say, yeah, probably even outside of Dark Road. Like, don't expect Xehanor as a concept to be erased, but also don't expect him to be, like, a a villain that you need to be dealing with. I, like, I there'll kinda, probably be I, something else. I kind of refer Xehanor as, like, the Thanos, the Thanos, you know, effect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know how Thanos has successfully, you know, snapped his fingers, erasing half of all life yeah. in the universe. You know, that even after... You know, the Avengers undid everything. His actions still linger in everybody's, you know, thoughts and their hearts and stuff. So, you know, with what happened in, you know, with the Xehanort saga, like, his actions still has an effect on everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, you, and, uh, as we're going to get into, you know, the ability of memory, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be noticeable there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, I guess, yeah, moving on from there, I, I guess this gets to the, uh, some, some of the questions that are like really, uh, the kinds of questions that we would talk about. So, for example, uh, one of the questions was like, so how much in the future do you think about <laughs> the story for Kingdom Hearts games? Like, how far ahead do you think with these games? And, like how much of it do you have to make up as you go and that's the kind of question that like i would never expect no more to answer but he did and he basically described like you know in the case of uh kingdom hearts one he had you know general ideas of how he wanted chain of memories to go like he had ideas for chain of memories for during kingdom hearts one and I found that really interesting. I was actually su- quite surprised about that. And then he he clarifies that, yeah, but even still, even with that, you know, there is a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to do or that I didn't do that didn't come to fruition with some ideas that I had for, for Chain of Memories. And yeah, that's, that, that is kind of interesting. I wonder, Churro, now this is me putting on my... Uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory or just my theorist hat as a kingdom hearts fan i've always and i I, i'm I'm gonna shoot this out at you i may have mentioned this in the past but i want to see how you how you feel about this okay hear me out my theory is that the original idea for chain of memories 
was that. So the same idea of, you know, Sora goes to the tower, climbs up the the, the tower, maybe, you know, gets trapped, loses his memories. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. But I think the original idea was that it was not going to take place at a fantasy-looking castle known as Castle Oblivion, and in fact, instead, would have taken place in the world that never was in, bum bum bum, Memories Skyscraper. I knew you were going to go there. I was like, in like my from mind, Deep Dive. I was going to say, don't say Deep Dive. Don't say Deep Dive. Like, deep oh, Dive. He, oh, he said Deep Dive. Ah, oh. look, this is it. This is a Kingdom Hearts unit episode. We have to mention Deep Dive. It's in our contract. So Wait, it's in your contract. I don't it's know in my mine. contract. <laughs> it's in my contract. I have rights. So, yeah. The, in my opinion, that has. I feel like that theory holds water because why the heck else would they call it Memory Skyscraper? And then, like, look at it in Deep Dive. Okay, so remember Chain of Memories, right? What was the whole plot? The whole plot was that Sora was forgetting Kyrie, And it was a matter of him remembering Kyrie. Okay. And what happens in Deep Dive? Oh, there's a big TV screen playing Memory Sora has of who? Of Kyrie. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I, think it, I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, it does it mean anything? Is it important at all whatsoever? The answer is no. It's not. Like, that, that detail is not uh, important in any way whatsoever. I, I admit that. But I just think it's interesting that, you know... We've we've got this building known as Memory Skyscraper. It's still called Memory Skyscraper. Yet that area is like completely unused. They completely just ignore it. The only time it ever really shows up is that, okay, uh, Roxas walks by it on his way to the <laughs> the other big castle in the sky behind it. Which is like, okay... Like, this is the even bigger nail in the coffin for me that this, like, memory skyscraper used to have a different meaning than what it has now as being nothing. Because they had to literally add in a whole nother castle behind memory skyscraper that you can see in the sky next to it for the organization members. Why couldn't they have just used memory skyscraper as the base? Uh, Nomura. Just Nomura. I'm sure there was stuff between, you know, Kingdom Hearts, you know, during the Kingdom Hearts 2 development that, I don't know, probably led to that being the case. But, you know, as an eternal fan of Deep Dive, you know, I think about these things. I'll just say that. (laughs) I'm sure you do. (laughs) So the next question, Churro, that really hits different for a fan like me and probably a fan like you, too. Someone finally asked about what happened during the PS3 generation. Now, we know, we both know what happened. Anybody that was following Square Enix at that time knows what happened. It was just nice for the first time, as far as I can tell, first time ever for Nomura to get real and just lay it out and just say what it was for real. 
And, uh, yeah, he, they basically talked about, okay, what happened during the PlayStation 3 generation? You know, there was there was a time where between, P, you know, the PS2, primarily a PS2 series, skips the PS3 in terms of new games. You're releasing a lot on handheld consoles, but you're not releasing, you know, any new console titles. And instead, you're releasing, you know, HD collections like 1.5 and 2.5. But why why did you uh skip that generation of the PlayStation 3 and the Vita and Nomura basically said that yeah you know I had some like ideas at the time like I was thinking about what I could do with those consoles and particularly the Vita and you know specifically because that console was actually a very powerful console and actually could you know go toe to toe a bit with the PlayStation 3. So he was really considering that platform, but as expected, he was busy during that time. I wonder with what. <laughs> Versus 13, of course. So yeah, that's basically why those plans never turned into anything. And we all know what happened after that. Yeah, we all know what happened after that. I will I will just uh complete the rest of what he's talking about here. Okay, so then why did you release all these games on handhelds? Well, uh, as you can imagine, uh, handheld games are really a lot cheaper to make, aren't they? And on top of that, they had the Osaka team. And, you know, they were, you know, hot off of uh, making Chain of Memories. And the Kingdom Hearts 2 team was busy with a certain <coughs> versus 13. And, uh Yeah. I mean, for anybody that's that has followed, you know, what Square Enix has been doing over the years, like, this is nothing new, but it's really nice to hear it, like, cemented and set in stone, for real. Like, have Nomura set the record straight. Confirm that the rumors were true. <laughs> that that was the case. So, uh, yeah. And, uh... Basically, after this, yeah. So he, uh, they, they did talk about like, oh, so what do you think about like, um, PlayStation Five and Series X? Do you think a Kingdom Hearts game could take advantage of that those platforms? And he's like, well, we don't, you know, we're not talking about anything about that. But yeah, of course, uh, in the event that you know a Kingdom Hearts game does release on those platforms, do expect that game to be a quote unquote late comer. In the generation. It's understandable because Nomura isn't really one to rush into a new console unless the maker of that console wants them to do it. Like, for example, Nintendo. Nintendo wanted Mm -hmm. a Kingdom Hearts game on the 3DS. Yep. Which is why they had the, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3D, you know, demo trailer appear on one of their, uh, their press conferences and... Exactly. Nintendo's, Nintendo's always been really, like, a- approaching Nomura when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. Like, you don't really see that from, like, Microsoft or Sony. Yeah. I'll also say that, you know, just the general fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 just released last year. So, it's going to take a while. It, it It does take a long time to make you know, new Kingdom Hearts games, and especially with the quality 
going up as it does with every generation, it takes longer and longer to make each game. So it's not surprising that, you know, if they have to start from square one again, yeah, it's going to it's gonna take a while. And yeah, a latecomer to the generation makes sense. You know, a typical console generation is, you know, how long? Oh, it's about, you know, seven years. It's been seven years lately. It can be between five and seven. So five and seven years from the start of the console generation, you know, 25... 2020, 2025, 2027. <laughs> Yikes. That's a scary thought. We're going to be really old by then, Churro. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh... Well, hey, th- think about how Tetsuya Nomura feels. <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. I wonder when that's uh, going to come across. But at the very least, uh, Nomura is committed, and uh, we'll just uh, wrap up here, that he is committed to the idea that you know they will be uh, releasing more news in 2022. But to expect the news cycle for Kingdom Hearts 2 from now until then to take a break. So here's here's the anti-news we were talking about. So yeah, Kingdom Hearts is officially, you know, taking a step out of the spotlight uh, until 2022, which will mark the 20th anniversary of the Kingdom Hearts series. And they hope to share some, uh, some news then, but yeah, until then, I guess Melody of Memory and uh, Dark Road is all we're going to have, Churro. Well, they gave us a lot for Yeah, they did give us a lot. So that is I have true. no complaints. Yeah, so that is uh is interesting. I, I you know, it'll it'll be uh interesting to see how we figure out what to do with the podcast till then. But uh yeah. I I'm sure we'll figure it out. Churro, we can we can make an hour hour long episodes out of anything. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I learned it. I learned that you can do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's uh let's let's go with uh real quick and let's talk about what you thought about Melody Mer- Memory Churro. So uh, first, I want to ask you. So, how was the final product of Mem- Melody of Memory compared to your initial thoughts of it? Like when you first saw the trailer, you know what were your thoughts of it then, and then how do you feel about it now? Now that you finally played it, my first thoughts were, oh god, a rhythm game. Yeah, I suck at rhythm games, and then the final part is I still suck at rhythm games, <laughs> and it never changed. Same man, I'm still bad at rhythm games. Yeah, so like I mean, it was even as somebody who played on you know beginner and standard, it's yeah still difficult. Like once there's too many problems on screen, my mind just goes like dead. It's like yep, I can't deal with so many in- inputs right after another. <laughs> Yeah, and but yet um, the final product looked pretty good. It's I have really no complaints about it. Like for them to create something like this, you know, after fans that have been calling for it for a while since you know the at rhythm, it's a good first take on the rhythm on a rhythm yeah. game. So I, I I do wonder this uh, wonder about this churro. So. Uh, since 
this game covers, you know, 140 songs from Kingdom Hearts. You know, it's not everything, but man, it's a lot. And Tetsuya Nomura said he basically doesn't want to do any DLC in the future for this. Do you think there's any possibility of us getting another one anytime soon? Like another actual rhythm game? Yeah. It just um, to, to me, it seems like no. most of the songs have been covered. Well, knowing Nomura, he almost like it's almost like he doesn't like, as the saying goes, like lightning strike twice. Yeah, he seems like, like he like he really did this idea. Let's just move on to something new and something different that we can do. Yeah, so it's because like that's why you don't really see like, because like with Chain of Memories, the card system, you know, like yeah, you don't yeah you see it in Dark Road, but it's just it's not played the same. Yeah, so exactly. you know, so it's like. You know, Nomura just, you know, wants to try something and then he does it and then he just moves on to the next thing. So I don't really, unless, you know, he makes, you know, Kingdom Hearts 4, 5, 6, 7 yeah. with new music, then maybe he can have something different using those songs. Yeah. But, you know, that's talking way, way too far in the future for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I do wonder about this. I, I kind of mentioned it on uh, uh, on the last episode that my gut feeling about how this game felt like, it almost felt like a rhythm game, like almost like a mobile rhythm game where you know how you have to buy sound packs and, and you know you get you you pay for more songs, like almost like how Guitar Hero is. You yeah, know, you, you you pay a certain amount of money for DLC and you get a a, a new pack of song. Theat rhythm or not the uh, melody of memory to me is like imagine that existing, but the only skew is the premium skew that has all the songs in it. That's that to me is what melody of memory is. It's like the full version, and then they only release the full version. They never released like the trial version that only has Kingdom Hearts one songs in it. You know they have like from the get go only the full thing. That, well, at least- that that's kind of how I thought of it. Well, at least Nomura understands that too, because he didn't want to. He didn't want to like release more than one variation yeah. of this game, you know, or have to go back and add in DLC for it. He, you know, told his staff, you know, try to. He didn't want DLC, so try to include as much songs as they possibly can. Yeah, you know, because it's like, like it's like I think mainly he just wants to release it and then just move on. You know, that's what it felt like. He didn't want to go back to it. Because uh, whatever the reason behind that is unknown, you know, but to me, I just felt that I just felt that he could just get a complete Kingdom Hearts game without having the relay on DLC because it's not a main yeah. title. Yeah, exactly. So if this was a main title, then more likely we could have gotten DLC for it. That's true. That's true. It, it also feels like to an extent, and maybe you agree with me on this, but Nomura definitely feels like in general, he's not a fan of like DLC. He's it's not like he won't do it, but he'll only do it if it's really important or it's going to really add to the experience. Like he's definitely doesn't seem like the kind of person that's really into like useless or needless DLC. Yeah, like, you know, like Remind is perfect because the fans come, I mean Remind is basically a final mix basically. Yeah, yeah. But it but 
but done a lot simpler than re-releasing the game with the content inside. This exactly. this time they can just put everything at the very end, you know, and do an update, and then there you go. Exactly, that makes sense. All right, so next, uh, I guess, yeah, getting back to the gameplay. So in general, how did you feel about the the rhythm gameplay on the whole? It was, was it actually, was it was it at least fun for you? I know it was hard, but did you at least have a good time with it? Yes, I I did. Like okay. it it kept it kept uh, the gameplay from going like stale, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was you were constantly being aware of you know the rhythm, the uh, button impresses. You know, it's kind of nice that they included like uh, an option in the settings where you can choose like the input sensitivity to the rhythm. Yeah, you know, to your liking. So it's like just in case, like if your the impresses are not doing it on time, you can adjust that. So it's a good thing they kind of looked out for you, for people's worries about it because when the demo came out, um, you had a one button setup, or you can do like the regular way and. Apparently, in the in the uh, finished version, they kind of gave you the one button presses in, the, in beginner mode, and then everything else is regular how it is in standard and proud. So they kind of like they kind of like you know went through people's worries and they kind of like changed it to how they would think everybody would enjoy the game. And with the way the inputs are, it it's fine with me. Like I did, I didn't really have much problems on the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I kind of had uh yeah similar feelings. I I I really enjoyed it. Like the general flow of the game was very addicting. Like it, like once I was done, and you know I I definitely like after a while I was like oh man yeah I want to go back and play again. Like it definitely has that kind of pick up and play feeling to it. Yeah, you didn't have to like if you were to play say for example Kingdom Hearts three. You know you're trying to do limit cut and then like. You stop playing out of frustration, and then like you come back months later, it's like you're like looking at yourself like, oh man, I forgot what I was doing. Like here, it's just like, oh, let's do this song or let's jump into this song here, you know. And basically, the say it's a song. It's just basically how it was you last remembered it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess moving uh, from there. Uh, so this is an interesting question. Do you think this is a good starting point for new fans? Probably not. Oh, okay. Why do you think so? Because as much as, um, you know, the playing the war tour and getting some recaps, the recaps isn't going to give new players a full explanation of how things went. Yeah. They're only like cliff notes. They're just cliff notes. You know, yeah, yeah. And like, and if you know, I'm sure people who have listened, and you know, you and I have gone through. Like, if you do nothing but cliff notes in school, you're not going to pass. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you're you're better off reading the like like and you know, I'm interpreting the games as a book. You know, you can't just skip the book. You know, different points and still get the whole gist. Not mm-hmm. when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, you have to literally read the entire book to get the gist of what's going on. And even then, you're still left confused. So mm-hmm. with the way the way they the Kingdom Hearts story is structured, it's not really a good starting point, you know, for yeah. new fans trying to get into Kingdom Hearts. It's fun for those who don't care about story of Kingdom Hearts, who yeah. just want to play a rhythm game. It that's where it fits in. But if you're a new fan trying to get into the series, this is not the way to do it. 
It's kind of like, you know, like those uh, Cherithy recap YouTube yeah, videos that they put. That, that, that's, that's, yeah, definitely what I felt about the it's, summaries. It's a, it's a good thought, but in the end, it's you're still going to have more questions than you have answers. That's, that is true. I, I wonder, um, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, like, I wonder if, you know, a new fan hypothetically could play... Let's say they played all of Kingdom Hearts 1 and maybe they, you know, use Melody of Memory almost as like a guide as they're playing through the series. And maybe they'll use Melody of Memory to sort of skip through some of the games that are, you know, less fun. (laughs) Or maybe not less fun, but like just like maybe they're slower pace and they want to get to like, you know, if someone wants to do an only number title playthrough. Let's okay. say, and they play Kingdom Hearts one, and then they play through Chain of Memories in uh, Melody of Memory. Then they go play Kingdom Hearts two, then they play I don't know. Let's say they played Birth by Sleep, but they didn't play Dream Drop Distance. They played a they played it on Melody of Memory, and then they go play three, and then maybe Remind. Like maybe it could be, but I mean at, at that point, like how is it any different than like YouTube summaries <laughs> at that point? So. Um, yeah, it's it, you're still missing critical points. Yeah, you definitely you know? will. That's the thing. It's it's it, it's just the way that Kingdom Hearts is told. Like if it was, you know, if if it wasn't as complex as it is, then it would would it would work. You know. Yeah, yeah. But the way the writing is for Kingdom Hearts, it just does not work with it. You, yeah, like even with us hardcore fans of Kingdom Hearts, we still have difficulty understanding what exactly is going on. Exactly. You know, even if though we played the games, we read the secret reports, we read the interviews, you know, it's still can be confusing. So exactly. when you take that in consideration, it's just you would have to either a just spend an entire like few days just reading like you know as much information as you can, or you just b play the games. You know, exactly. You know, it's like every you know Kingdom Hearts fans just make fun of the fact that you know you can. It's a, it's a pretty much a, a meme now in the Kingdom Hearts community that you can't really explain Kingdom Hearts to a friend. <laughs> yeah, it's really in a short hard. amount of time. <laughs> it is. So that's 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 what I feel like Melody Memory is trying to do is explain what the key points of Kingdom Hearts that happen in a short amount of time. Yeah, and still try to get it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's yet another thing that's like it's good for fans that already love the series to like feel nostalgic. I I think it's also good for fans that like uh, maybe in the future instead of you know because like we always used to do like oh Kingdom Hearts three is coming out let's play every single Kingdom Hearts game again. I could see someone that's like a current fan like using Melody and Memory as like a recap for themselves so they could remember what happened in the games. It's kind of the, to me it feels like when you you know how you go to Disneyland you get on yeah. you know get on those fast rides and all that. Yep. And then after you know after a while you kind of like okay let's let's find a slow calm ride. Yeah. That we can you know rest up on but still enjoy ourselves and then then all of a sudden you get on it's a small world. Yep. That's what exactly. It feels like. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I would definitely say, yeah, just in many ways, uh, Melody of Memory does remind me of like a Disney, uh, a ride at Disneyland. So, 
Yeah, I guess that's that's most of the non-spoilery stuff. I guess, yeah, why don't we... Uh, so I hesitated in giving a score for Melody of Memory last time because I wanted to wait for... Uh, for you to hear hear what you thought about it. So uh so I want to hear Churro. Out of 10, where do you think uh Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory lands? It's going to be a big fat 8 for me. 8. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you there. I would say solid 8. I would say it was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I uh expected it to be. And um, kind of how I hinted at earlier, now that I understand what kind of game this was supposed to be, where it's like it in in concept, it's basically a theat rhythm for Kingdom Hearts. It just happens to have some story with it. Now that I understand that, I, I better understand what kind of product it is. So that's why I feel comfortable in uh, rating it that way. And especially also like hearing about how hard it was to... Uh, to translate the concept of what theat rhythm was into a 3d game uh you know that's all the more interesting i I know in the case of like you know like think back to the pasture of all the games that like really struggled to go from 2d to 3d you know back in like the you know the mid 90s where you know especially the 3d games that came out before Mario 64 came out and like revolutionized, you know, 3D controlled cameras in a in a video game. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that just didn't kind of translate so well and I kind of feel like yeah, I I kind of feel like, you know, Indie Zero here had to go through those same kind of growing pains. Now, even though you know, your only interaction with these games are very basic you know you're pressing buttons to the timing and that doesn't change 2d to 3d but what does change is the prompts and the prompts that you see the fact that they're on a track that's you know in 3d space that's you know you have prompts coming at you and they're coming at you in perspective not side scrolling where they say stay the same size the whole time you know there's there is a lot of complexity there uh when you're you know on a track like this and trying to make everything clear and uh consistent and easy to play so yeah i would say on the whole uh really impressed with uh what they're yeah, able to it's, do it's a very nostalgic experience especially like i said it feels like a, a a ride within itself yeah you know it's you know like a lot of fans wanted you know kingdom hearts right and it's this is like and not take it in a literal sense, but yeah. here we are ad- admiring the music that we've all loved that uh, Shumamar produced and made and created. You know, it's finally given to her her just her just due by giving you know her songs and center stage, you know, so exactly. to speak. And even though there are some aspects of the game that could be done a lot better, but in the end, it was still enjoyable, and that's what men is what that's what it's supposed to do. I will just say real quick, I know the Kingdom Hearts team isn't going to be touching this game anytime soon, but if they were to do anything with Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory again in the future, I would say this is an excellent candidate for VR. Just oh, the yeah. kind of experience it is. You know, surprised I didn't even think about that. I mean, right? I'm, still, I'm still asking myself, did they just abandon the VR experience? Oh, yeah, maybe. 
I hope not. I hope they make use of that. I don't know. It's kind of like weird because it's like, where is VR at this stage? Like, there, you know, Half Life Alex came out and it was supposed to change the world, but uh, jokes on you, nobody has VR headsets. They're still, they're, they're they're still really still. expensive, and the only thing that's on there is Half Life Alex to play, as far as I know. So, yeah, unfortunate. So it's like VR is in a really weird space because I don't feel like it's dead. Like motion control died. Like it's not like the PlayStation Move, where that was very clear how that died, but it's in a weird state where like there's a lot of stuff being made for it and. Then it comes out, and then it's not quite what people want, and it's not quite as entertaining as people are looking for, and it's, like, disappointing. But everybody really wants VR to do well, but, like, I don't know, just not not much is coming of it so far, in my opinion. It's unfortunate, but uh, that is what it is. All right, so now... For the remainder of the podcast, we're going to head into spoiler zone. Spoiler, 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 spoiler for Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Get out of here. If you haven't finished the game, get out of here. People like spoilers. Oh, well, I guess if you like spoilers, you can you, you can you can stick around. But if you haven't finished Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory and you're worried about spoilers, get out of here. What are you doing? All right. Without further ado, we are now in spoiler mode. Spoiler mode on. All right, Cheryl. How did you feel about the ending part of Melody of Memory? What are your general impressions? Not this again. Yeah. <laughs> like, like really? You, you're pretty much pulled or uh, recoded on us again? Yeah, kinda. That's true. And uh, it's well, it's interesting, so to speak, with the whole talk of unreality and and fiction now it's yeah. like it's like okay so it's kind of like uh it's almost like breaking the fourth wall within itself that is true yeah because it's like you you know in our reality this game is fiction yes source and the, the game's reality the entire verum, verum rex world is fiction because it's a based off a of video game yeah so and then so now here they are going from, and apparently all the Disney worlds are from the world of light and dark, you know, and the ones that and the ones that are trapped in darkness are in darkness. So now, yep. Now you're coming into the unreality mm-hmm. variation. So it's like now are we going to have like Square other Square Enix titles that no more worked on maybe make appearance now. Like, is this where we're going to, like, not see, like, Disney Worlds anymore? Like, how how does one know if this world's part of, like, unreality? Like, you know, you have some Disney Worlds appearing in the realm of sleep, in the realm of darkness, if it gets yep. taken. You know, then, then all of them, you know, lay, you know, in the realm of light. So it's like, where does this go from here now? You know, it's like, yeah. What? Like everybody liked the Disney aspects of Kingdom Hearts. That's what makes it so unique. So it's like, what happens next? Like, yeah, what seriously? What happens next? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it did what it was supposed to do because that's what you're asking. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I kind of wonder how you feel about this because uh, for me, the one thing I was a little bit taken aback by and 
I guess somewhat of a negative way was that there was no sort of introduction to the game that sort of introduced the fact that Kyrie was uh, sitting in her little pod and ex- and explained that oh yeah she's like trying to find Sora and like uh, you know wants to um, you know exp- explore her memories uh, and explore the the past of what Sora went through through uh, so that she can get some kind of clue on where to find Sora. I guess I understand that you know if you want that to be like a you know because I know Square Enix wants this to be a starting point for new fans and that would be kind of a spoiler for Kingdom Hearts three. But I'm also like okay, well, but now the current state of the game is that there's no set up for what's happening to Kyrie until the very end of the game. And then even then at the end of the game, they don't really explain what Kyrie has been doing the whole time. Yeah. She's been asleep for a year. So it's like, it's like, what what has everybody been doing for a year? Yeah. It's like, can you at least at the very least, maybe at the end, could they have been like explained to somebody, maybe somebody could have popped in that didn't know what Kyrie was doing. It was like, Oh, what what is this? And maybe they could explain that. Oh, yeah, she was you know uh, going through the melody of memory, so we could get some clues as to where Sora's uh, whereabouts are. Like, if there could have been someone just explain that real quick, that would have been great. Now, you and I, we both know what was happening here because we followed the marketing of the game. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, for people that didn't follow the marketing that are just picking this game up or. For people that are in the you know distant future where that marketing is irrelevant and many Kingdom Hearts games have come out after and before and whatever and they have no idea about the context of the game because the game doesn't give you any of the context. So that that's one aspect of the story that I'm like, mm, I wish that was a little bit better set up. Um... But yeah, I guess uh, speaking towards that whole like unreality stuff. So, what do you think about like? So you got, you have this whole realm of unreality. I wonder, like, like we can't like. I mean, I know Tetsuya Nomura was saying in the uh, in the interview today that we were reading, like, oh yeah, we're gonna really shake up the formula, but like. He can't be serious about like, oh no, now we're just straight up not going to Disney Worlds anymore. We're going to Disney Worlds, right? <laughs> like, I want to get my Moana and my Zootopia. So, yeah, so it's like, like, like I said earlier, how do you know which Disney Worlds are going to be considered fiction? Yeah, and that that yeah. I don't under that that I don't really understand. I guess like one workaround is like, what if? just to go to the Disney worlds, you have to leave the realm of unreality, but that would just be too weird. Cause they made it like, seem like it's so difficult. You have to use the, the power of waking just to transfer between, you know, uh, fiction and, uh, or, uh, or from unreality to the realm of light or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't quite understand um, I guess one workaround. Okay, here's a theory. What if in the realm of unreality, what if they have data worlds and you could explore the Disney worlds through data? Because that seems on board with them because they seem like very futuristic. You know, Yozora is all high tech. I could see data worlds being a thing. Or I guess maybe it's like VR worlds. 
<laughs> virtual reality. Seems like it. I yeah. Because I don't know. I've always hold it, held this thought that what if, you know, so Verum Rex is a video game in Sora's world. What if uh, Kingdom Hearts is a, uh, a video game in Yozora's world? And in the same token, what if Disney movies are movies also in Yozora's world? So what if you like went to like a DVD shop and like picked up a DVD and then somehow, you know, Persona 4 style jumped into the TV and that's how you go there. You go to the TV worlds or, you know, you go to the movie theater and jump in through the screen and that's how you go to the Disney world. Like, I could see some options, but yeah, they would need to come up with a whole new paradigm for how that would work. I'm just into yeah. the whole I- that idea that what if... Oh, by the way, the, the city's called Quadratum. What if Quadratum is a glorified Peach's Castle from Mario 64? I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I would like that personally. So instead of the gummy ship, it's Peach's Castle... And you're basically unlocking areas in the city that will allow you to go to Disney Worlds. Almost like, yeah, Banjo-Kazooie or <laughs> Peach's Castle. We all know how Nomura loves Mario 64. It was like one of the inspirations. Uh, now that he brought that up, now I, now I can see that. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, you go like, okay, one of them is like, okay, go to... Uh, I don't know, go to a movie theater or one of them. Maybe you unlock by jumping into a poster or maybe another one is like, Oh, it's uh, playing on a TV screen or like, I don't know. There's options. Cause even, even in the realm of unreality, like fiction exists, like, you know, fiction takes, you know, a different form there. It's like, you know, it's there. It's, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see in the future where that goes. But yeah, just an idea. So um, I guess with all with all this said, how you feeling about just the the future of the series in general? Like where where are you sitting at with the like the the setup that we have here with the whole just a whole new realm of unreality and. We've got this, you know, villain that exists in uh, in uh, in Melody of Memory, which I'm a, I would guess that that villain was Darkness, like from Union Cross, because he he took be. the form of many different Xehanorts, but I don't think that guy was necessarily related to Xehanort at all, and instead was just maybe like a more primal source of darkness you know which is to you know to what we understand that's what darkness is is like he's just you know this essence of what you know darkness really is and it makes me ponder how uh um the the name of star how you know she lost her form like uh the fairy godmother mentioned that if she were to return back to her world her heart would be gone yep so i'm kind of wondering how you know in you know, in what in what way would that happen? Like, yeah, you know, because you know, because basically they 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 passed because that the um, the final world is basically like limbo. 
yeah. you know, in their in their in their in that game since before they pass on. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's definitely an area of uh mystery there. I'm trying to think of the the other other stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm also thinking like are they going to go all the way and name her Stella? Come on. Are they going to name her Stella? It's bound to happen. Uh, I I yeah, I, I wonder about that. Uh I think of other stuff in it. Uh Yeah, so, oh, speaking towards darkness again, um, so another thing that leads me to believing that that's darkness, I don't think this is like a, a big mystery that they're trying to hide, but just another point that makes that connection is the fact that um, in Union Cross, uh, one of the main, like, one of the big scenes that we have with darkness is where he leads uh, Maleficent to the little pod room, and hey, that's what happens here. You know, uh, this guy, this essence or whoever he is, the shapeshifter shows up, uh, steals Kyrie, shoves her in the pod and sends her to go, uh, find the keyblade wielder that her heart would resonate with. So I, I also like the idea that like, it almost like, I don't know, I don't know if you got this vibe, Churro, but when he did that, it seemed like he actually had good intentions. Like, it didn't seem like he was necessarily doing what he was doing for evil in that instance. Uh, It almost felt like it was just what needed to happen. Like, it may have been either good or neutral what needed to happen there. And Are you talking about the scene with young Xehanort? Yeah, with young Xehanort where he shoves Kyrie into the uh, pod... Because it doesn't seem like that's actually Xehanort because he, you know, turns out to be shapeshifter. So that's why I was I thinking, know, oh, maybe this I is darkness. Think, no, I still think that's him because remember, at at the end, after you defeat Xehanort, Melody of Memory is the final boss. Xehanort reminds Kyrie that it was because of him her fate changed. So then he goes through his forms in front of her and finally, before finally going back to young Xehanort and his, uh, scientist robe and revealing you know a clue you know about what he said to her before he sent her off yeah so that to me that was still Xehanort acting as Xehanort but this is basically Xehanort after he had that talk with Master of Masters with him exploring the worlds and how they are and how it led to his path to what he did so going back to like Dark Road you know we're gonna learn eventually you know the, the events that led up to him finally encountering the Master of Masters, which would lead into him doing what he did at the start of the first Kingdom Hearts game, or actually Birth by Sleep, I should say. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm feeling that. Yeah, that's definitely the the whatever shoved Kyrie into the pod is the same uh, person that talked to her uh, at the end of Melody of Memory. I guess what I'm sort of feeling is that they're, you know, impersonating Xehanort and also showing the fact that, hey, look, I can be any of these Xehanorts. It doesn't really matter. I'm not really any of them. And that's kind of what made me think it was, uh, oh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's darkness. But yeah, I guess we don't know. So a lot of this stuff is clearly very vague and not explained at all. So it could be anything. 
let me just say shout out to uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd showing up again, even though this is, you know, smaller uh, title. I greatly appreciate this considering this is a pandemic. That guy's a legend. Let me also say shout out to Allison Stoner for her performance as Kyrie throughout this whole thing. She was amazing. This yeah, is like the was. best Kyrie performance I've ever heard. It's so good. Especially against, especially even though that was like an image of Zaynort, basically yeah. she, Kyrie still held, held her own against something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, what do you think of uh, Kyrie training with Aqua? That is really awesome. That sounds so cool. Like, yeah, th- that's perfect she's gonna be mini aqua that works for me i'm just like the 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 only like slight downside is like all right yeah back to training again and not having adventures and it feels like uh i guess also by necessity that kingdom hearts games just take so long to make that maybe there's just no time to make a proper game where Kyrie has an adventure it seems like Kyrie is getting all her experience and all her strength via training as opposed to experience, which is how Sora got his. Like, Sora doesn't really have that many times in his, you know, adventure where he, like, specifically sits down and trains. In fact, I can't think of any other character that just sort of just sits down and trains other than, well, her and uh, Axel, who didn't have a Keyblade before. So I mean, I mean, besides them, it's you know Terra, Ventus, and Aqua themselves. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that that's kind of their uh, role in life. So yeah, I just you know initially when I heard about this game, you know, starring Kyrie, I was initially disappointed by the fact that like, oh, this is a game that stars Kyrie, and you basically ne- like never play as Kyrie throughout the whole game. Like, that part of it was very disappointing, and it was only later that, you know, once I've realized that, oh, this is, like, more of a... this What this game really is is a 3D fiat rhythm for Kingdom Hearts. That's what it really is. But then what the marketing makes me feel like it is, is, oh, this is a, a, a brand new adventure for Kyrie, and Kyrie's the main character. And I know for a lot of people, that's the... That's the image that they had in their head before they started playing. Like, I've seen a lot of people online being like, oh, yeah, great. Finally, a game that stars Kyrie. Yay. But in reality, that's not what this game is. This game is a th- 3D theat rhythm that happens to have an epilogue that stars Kyrie. And the epilogue happens to have the same kind of gameplay as the base game. <laughs> that's about it. So, oh, well. I, I really like it. So, um, yeah, I, I guess just to wrap up, Churro, are you excited? Are you more excited for the series now that we've gotten this? Like where it's going? Uh, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm more curious. Yeah, same. Very curious. Uh, very interested. Uh, one thing that I'm very, like one bit that I did mention on the last episode, but I'll, I'll mention here now since you're here, Churro, that did make me a, at least slightly giddy when I saw it, or heard it, rather, in this little epilogue section, was the name of the city being Quadratum, and it is for the first four letters 
quad, which means four. Or, so, yeah. Or square. <laughs> or square, yeah, true, true, true. So, but yeah, it's very clearly like hinting at a number four. So I'm very happy about that personally. So, well, I mean, it's this. not surprising. Like the number four comes after the number three, but it's just nice to see something that kind of relates to the number four. Well, let me ask you this then. Yeah. Do you think with an announcement coming in 2022, do you think it's going to be actual Kingdom Hearts 4? Or do you think it's going to be another game with Riku? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on the last episode, that was something I was wondering. And, I, yeah, definitely like to hear what your thoughts are on this is, you know, in this game, Melody of Memory, there was a lot of stuff that sort of hinted at different directions that could be games. Or they could be not games or just things that happen in the story. And like there's a lot of really interesting directions. You know, you got Riku going to Quadratum. You got Kyrie training with Aqua. You have Mickey and him, you know, going on his search for, you know, finding uh, clues about Sora. and Oh, finding clues about the Lost Masters. So there's a lot of directions. Any one of those could be a game. And I guess the question is, which one of those is most likely to be Kingdom Hearts 4? And I would guess that Riku's route is Kingdom Hearts 4. If not Kingdom Hearts 4, then it's probably the thing that leads up to Kingdom Hearts 4. But if that's the case, then I'm wondering, like, okay, well, are you going to blow your load on Quadratum in a side game when you probably should be saving that for Kingdom Hearts 4. Like, that's or that's just my feeling on it. It's like, that, that seems like this is Kingdom Hearts 4 land. If you are here, that means you are playing Kingdom Hearts 4 right now. That's my feeling on that situation. So I'm kind of feeling like Riku's direction feels more Kingdom Hearts 4-ish. And if any of these other routes was its own game, probably Mickey's. Because that has to do with the, you know, the Lost Masters. And they, they made a whole movie about those guys. So, like, I, I kind of feel like that has a chance of being a game. Which could lead to, potentially, Churro, the first game that actually stars Mickey. Could you imagine that? Well, oh, don't forget, we also have the possibility of a animated series. That's Oh, that is true. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that could be another... Direction yeah, for Numa, one of these Numa things. did say that the announcement in 2022 for the 20th anniversary would come as a surprise. Yeah, that is true. So yeah, a lot of a lot of different roads, Churro, and I like you said, you know, earlier, a lot more questions than answers. That yep. is for true. And that is the Nomura we know. <laughs> exactly, as always. All right, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up the uh, podcast for today. For our music for this episode, we have a cover of Working Together by friends of the show, Project Estati. This is off of their uh, classic Project Estati light album. So I thought we could uh, have a nice little blast from the past, another beautiful song for our uh, last little cover of, uh, or our last little coverage of uh, the Melody of Memory review. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 15th of December. 
As always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one! Yeah, yeah. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Kingdom Hearts... Cage Union, sorry. (laughs) It's alright. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion and send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, we made it. We did it. It's goodbye time. Let's do it. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed our melody of memory talk. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoy the game. Also, I want to give a quick thank you to Square Enix for providing me a free copy of Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Thank you so much for allowing me to play the game and review it on this episode. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Alright, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.